gathering this morning into unto, unto our God and we bless him for the benefit of seeing another worship day. We celebrate him for all that he has proposed to do in the midst of his people in all of our four services today. Father, we bless your name and we thank you for your presence. We give you glory, we give you praise. We give you glory, we give you praise. We celebrate you, our maker. Have your way in the midst of your people this morning. And let your name and your name only be glorified. We ask that you breathe upon your word. And let it minister grace to every hearer. We receive the grace for unity and for togetherness. We receive the oil of joy over this service this morning. We receive the grace for restoration over everyone, every home, every marriage, every relationship here this morning. And we bless and glorify your holy name. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Say, believe in amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. Thank you very much. Priest of praise, thank you. Praise God. Have you welcomed someone beside you to church this morning? <laughs> it's good to see everyone, and I trust that your, your week went very, very well. And I declare that this new week, the last week of this month, it will end with joy. It will end with uh, good surprises. Somebody this week, you're getting uh, good news. In the precious name of Jesus. Something that has not been moving will move. And it will bring smiles to your face. And your joy shall be full in the precious name of Jesus. Join me in Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13. It's um, a special service for us this morning. As we seek to provoke the blessings of God over homes, over individual lives, married and single as we may be, God is interested in everyone and his blessing is always available over us as we provoke such blessings. And uh, we've dedicated all of our four services today uh, to restoration in relationships. We're going to be leading couples in this service as they also renew their vows this morning. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 13, I'll read from verse 1 to 6. Hebrews 13 and verse number 1 to 6. And if you're there, I want you to, you know, open your Bibles to it. And if you don't have a Bible here, don't make it a habit anyway, but you can, <laughs> you can look at the screen. I read from verse 1 of Hebrews 13. Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. Those who are mistreated since you yourselves are in the body also. And verse number four, marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Verse five, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord 
is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord bless the reading of his word. Say better, amen. amen. All right, I know it's still quite early in the morning, but we need to, uh, you know, uh, be alive and well. Let's draw energy from within this morning. I love the last verse that we read, verse number six. It said, so that we may boldly say that the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what can man do to me. Uh, this uh, particular verse is talking about uh, the fact that when we put our attention on God, when we, like the psalmist says, I will look up to the hills from where is coming my help. Said my help comes from the Lord. When we put our attention on God, it says the elements of this world and chief among such is other human beings. What can man, what can man do to me? What can life do to me? What can, you know, principalities and powers do to me? What can adverse situations of life do to me because when my attention is on my God, the, my God is a God of restoration, is a God of new beginnings, is a God of comebacks, is a God that, you know, is always thinking about me, his mind is full of me. And when I bring that into my relationships, it, it has a way of bringing, you know, this sense of, of, of succor because one of the places where we're going to go through a lot in our lifetime is in our relationships. Yeah. Whether relationships with friends, as couples, you know, intending couples, the greatest hurt that a human being would ever feel in life will come from another human being. Are you still with me this morning? The Bible says when we put our attention on God, when we focus on Him, and we do our part, and he started talking about our part from verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 13. He said, let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. And that's, that's, that's my admonition this morning. That's my admonition this morning. How do we keep building friendship in our, especially those of us here this morning who are married. How do we keep building friendship in marriage to the end that whatever we go through, our marriage can still continue to rest on the foundation of the friendship that we have built over a long period of time. Because that's the will of God for us. Every marriage rests on the foundation of friendship. And it's when we have this sense of balance that God has not called us to shame. He has called us to glory. So whether it's in my business life or in my relationship, God has called me to glory and not to shame. The writer of uh, the book of Hebrew says, I, I, I will not fear. What will man do to me? What will the elements of this world do to me? He says, the Lord is my helper. Because he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I don't, I don't know what you're going through this morning. Generally in life, because I need to start from there. Because I sense in my spirit, somebody here this morning, you came to church and you're not interested in whatever I have to say about relationship or marriage. All you want to hear this morning is that God is still with you. And I've come this morning to let you know that God is still with you. And is interested in everything that you're going through. Say amen, somebody. He said, I, 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 he said let your, verse 5 says, let your conduct be with covetousness and be content with such things as you have. 
For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's just, that, that verse is just for someone here this morning. You are not here for vow renewal or anything. God brought you here so that you can hear that word. And I need you to go home with that verse 5 like never before. That you are not forsaken. Because it looks like nothing is happening. Nothing has changed. If you are the person I'm talking about, the last 12 months, even before this year started, some things have just been turning and turning and turning. And it looks like you are forsaken. And I'm here this morning to let you know that you are not forsaken. It's God said to tell you to be content with where you are right now. Because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And what you need to be able to say is to be able to, to say boldly that the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear. What can man do to me? Somebody may also be here this morning. And you've gone through a terrible time in your marriage or in your relationship. Man or woman has done a lot to you. But God says, look beyond that. Look beyond that. Look beyond that. Don't despair. Don't fear. Don't think about what man will do to you. Because I have greater things in store for you. Say amen, somebody. Or say better amen, somebody. Now from verse 1. I have a short time to preach this morning, so let me, let, me, let me move into it quickly. From verse 1, the Bible says here, it says, let brotherly love continue. It says, do not forget to entertain strangers. Now, if the Bible is admonishing us to entertain strangers, that means it's gone beyond even the people that we know. That means this act of love and brotherliness and friendliness is, is a major part of my Christianity and your Christianity. And the devil plays a trick on us when we get into relationships and marriage. And the trick is that everybody deserves, I mean, that your spouse does not deserve your niceness. They need to hand it. And the Bible says here, it says, let's brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers. Will strangers <laughs> deserve your entertainment or your goodness? No, because you don't even know anything about them. And sometimes, for you to continue to build friendship in marriage, you need to assume that, you see, I'm just good by nature because I have the nature of God in me. And the Bible encourages me to do this to strangers. Why would I do it to my spouse? Are you still here this morning? I said, are you still here this morning? Say, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. And it says, remember the prisoners as if you're chained with them, with those who are mistreated, since you yourself are in the same body. And then in verse 4, it says, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled for fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. If we follow that path of goodness and just being a Christian and building friendship, you know, the sense of courtesy and politeness and goodness, if we allow it to follow us in everything that we do in life, we will not struggle to build friendship in our relationships, especially in our marriages. We will not struggle. We will not struggle. We will not struggle. 
Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, the Bible says a man who has a friend must himself be friendly. But there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's the kind of friendship that God wants us to, to build, especially in our marriages. That's the kind of friendship that he wants us to build. Oh, there's, a, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times. Proverbs 17, 17 said, A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. But look at that. He said, A friend loves at all times. A friend loves at all times. A friend loves at all times. The truth is that sustainable love can only grow on friendship, can only continue on friendship. Because when I see someone as a friend, there are certain things I will not do to them. There are certain things I will not, that will not even cross my mind to do to them. If I consider them to be a friend, a friend, a real friend, there are certain things that will not even cross my mind at all. You know the famous wedding quote? says, this day, I will marry my friend. The one I lo- laugh with, live with, dream with, love. The author is unknown. Is somebody on my slide? Are you still awake or you are home? All right. This day, I will marry my friend. The one I laugh with, live with, dream with, love. Very important. But the truth is that not every bride or bridegroom was truly a friend. But every husband and wife should be friends. Over a period of time, we need to be able to build it. We need to be able to build it. So remember the covenant of marriage today. My admonition to everyone here, all the singles, please hear me out. Anyone that you decide to go with, a courtship relationship, dating, the first, your first, your first and foremost premise should be this person can become a friend, has the capacity to be my friend. If the person does not have the capacity to be your friend, you don't have any thing doing with them, saying you are dating them or you're, you're planning to marry them. Because marriage itself is a lifelong journey of building friendship. There has to be certain common grounds upon which friendship can be built before we even move ahead. So singles, hear me out this morning. The moment you get into that, you know, that mode of I want to marry. The first thing you should look out for is a friend. Not a man that has plenty of money. Not just a beautiful lady, but a friend. A friend. A friend. Because we get to a point where in marriage, that romantic love, the eros, we call it, will no longer be able to do the magic. And when you get to that point where the eros cannot do the magic, what is left is brotherly love. 
brotherly love. The Greek word for it is Philadelphia. It's the name of a city in America. But where they got the word from is the brother. In, in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 1, the Bible says, let Philadelphia continue. When you get into your old age, and there's nobody around you again, and it's just the two of you, it's Philadelphia. That will make somebody to just be talking, 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 and drooling, and you'll be listening. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the only thing that can make that, if, it's, if it was the handsome face you were looking at before, the handsome face will have started to sag by that time. <laughs> All right? <laughs> All the pancakes will have finished their work. You know there's a point you get to, pancake cannot work again. At that point, we're left with Philadelphia. That's, you, know, you, know, you know, we have thought about agape love in church a lot. That's why you can see couples who are not born again, but they're still together to old age. Some of us have them as parents. Some of our late parents, you know, they never really practice Christianity. But the friendship, the friendship. I came from a Muslim background. We, we you know, prayed and tried to get my dad to confess Christ on his sickbed. But he lived Virtually all his life as a Muslim. He was polygamous. But I saw him playing and joking with all his wives. Even in old age. When I visited my dad in his 80s. When I visited him and my mom. I, I, I saw them still cracking jokes. That's Philadelphia. They didn't know the definition of agape. The love of Christ. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So if you combine the love of Christ with brotherly love, you can melt any heart. You can go through any situation. Is somebody still with me this morning? So that you still with me this morning. So friendship is, a, is about choices and love is a decision. Friendship is about choices and love is a decision. You can choose your friend but you can't choose your relatives. Another quote says, Chance make our parents, but choice make our friends. That's from, uh, uh, is it Charlie Brown or the lead? Say, Ch- chance make our friends, but choice make our parents. There's something about friendship, it's about choices. It's all about choice. God will never force any friend on you. You don't have any choice about your parents or who your relatives are. But when it comes to friends, it's about choice. Which is why I was saying to singles, look for good friends and then marry one of them. I learned that as a teenager. The man who led me to Christ taught me that. You marry your friend. So have plenty of friends and when it's time, God will point you to one. So you just continue from where you started from. Praise God. I said, praise God. How do we continue to invest in, in, in friendship in marriage? Let me close on that. How do we continue to invest in friendship in marriage? Let me quickly discuss five ways to build friendship in, with your spouse. One, build activities of mutual interest. Don't force your interest on your spouse. Build activities of mutual interest. 
have we been able to find those activities of mutual interest in our lives or within our marriage? That's what, where we need to dwell on. So somebody loves to read, then let's exchange novels or books and debrief because we find a common ground there. So somebody loves to read, and the other person also loves to read. Let's exchange books. Oh, have you read this? Oh, yeah, I just finished. You take, then we'll discuss it. Because those are activities of mutual interest. Somebody loves to run, or somebody loves to you know, walk, or cycle, or whatever. Let's do it together. So we'll build mutual interest. We'll build, if you are in a marriage relationship, there is not possible that there won't be mutual interest. So let's first of all rule that out. Because somebody is thinking right now and say, I can't find any. You need to work harder. No, truly, you need to work harder. Because it's, it's a known fact that there's no way you won't have mutual interest. It's just that you have not discovered it. So you need to think and work deeper to be able to discover it. In marriage itself, um, it's a journey of discoveries. And one of the things we need to discover is a mutual interest that we, upon which we can continue to build friendship. Secondly, be deliberate about having mutual friends. Because mutual friendship hates accountability and creates a sense of belonging in each other's lives. Be deliberate about having mutual friends. It will hate the sense of accountability. We have the same friends. So my friends can talk to me and they can talk to you. And when we're making mistakes, our friends can confront us together. They are friends. They will tell us the truth. But you have your own friend, I have my own friend. Your friends are telling you what they think is the truth. My own friends are telling me what they think is the truth. It's difficult for us to have a common ground there. Have this, the same friends as much as possible. We have mutual friends. It hates accountability. Thirdly, take interest in each other's careers. And, and I'm not talking about polite interest. Talking about you know genuine interest. We need to take interest in each other's careers. Because my my wife has worked in financial services for many years. Fortunately for me, the part of financial services that my wife (laughs) works is the same that my oldest brother works. So by the time we were getting and she started working in that, on that part. I already knew a lot about that part. So we could talk. And, and then I continued to build interest in that. So she, she can be talking about a software that is not working well. And I understood, you know, the, the workings of that software. So if she, she closed late uh, because she needed to maybe go for a meeting at Central Bank and resolve an issue. That issue, by the time she talks about it, I, I have an idea of what the issue is all about. So I'm not just thinking you are cooking up something. No. This, these are real things that I understand. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, I have an idea of what kind of thing. And um, when it comes to my own career too, I can prepare a talk, whether a, a church talk or a, a talk that I'm giving somewhere else in, you know, in an event or training. And I can say, uh, babe, can you, can you scan through this for me? She'll just look through it. Hmm? That's one that you put there. Have you checked it? Can you research it a little further? You know, just to be sure. Sometimes 
you know, I use statistics in teaching, and my wife will say, where did you get that one from? That one, that one. You can cause trouble. Now check it again. So we have common ground. We are interested in, in, in what we're doing, what each person is doing. Not that, go and do your own, I do my own. You know what happens? You grow apart. You're getting better in your own area. She's getting better in her own area. You don't even understand what is going there. You don't understand the kind of help she needs there or he needs there. You don't understand who is connecting with him or her there. Somebody is saying, I have new business partners now. You have no idea who those business partners are. You've never met them before, never spoken to them. You don't know, you don't have their, any record about them. You don't even know who they are. And those are the people that your spouse meets with every day. If one of them happens to be an ex-convict, and I'm not talking about ex-convict in the sense of uh, somebody does, uh, maybe somebody who has killed before, somebody who, and who is still killing, <laughs> and who is still killing, and you, 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 <laughs> and you just left your spouse to be doing business with that kind of person. It, it's, it can be dangerous. Praise God. Parent your children together. Don't abdicate any role or decision making to one person. Parent your children together. It's a strong way of building. Even when you're still respecting a child, let it be a talk that we think together. You know some men will just tell a woman, Go and look for the, the child. It's your responsibility to be pregnant. That in itself will not make the woman pregnant. Because the woman does not have the peace of mind knowing that this is a joint responsibility for both of us. So, and when the children come, let's parent them together. This one, men that are begging you to change diaper for your son, your son. And you are looking forward to time the boy will grow up and say, that's my boy. Which boy? Boy that you refuse to touch when the boy was a baby. Lastly, make your spouse laugh, share fun text messages and pictures, crack jokes, enjoy life together. Can I ask you a question? If you are on Facebook or any other social media platform and somebody sends you a joke or by email, a short video, a joke, an article, a hilarious article. Who do you forward it to first? If it's not your spouse and you are married, you have a long way to go. It means that you don't share fun together. If the first person you forward it to is not your spouse and you are married, that means your spouse is not your friend. Because when anything hilarious shows up, you want to share with a friend. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. You want to share with a friend. So some of us have other friends. But as you are sharing such, make sure you go to your spouse first. Because it's something you want to laugh about with someone else. And the, the first person you should laugh with is a person that you have the responsibility of building friendship with. And that's your spouse. Because you have shared laughter with everybody and then you get home. There's nothing to laugh about. Both of us we are frowning with each other all the time because there's nothing to laugh about. Share the joke, let's laugh together, you know, crack jokes together, live life together, share pictures, you know, 
funny text message. Somebody just sent a text to you. Forward it to your spouse. It may start with if they are, if they are, their set of email is very low. You may get a reply saying, what is this? Don't be discouraged. Because you know what you are doing, alright? You know what you are doing. You are trying to build friendship. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be discouraged. Because people have very low level sets of humor. You send them something and say, what is this? <laughs> what is a good place to start from? Say amen, somebody. It's a good place to start from. It's still better than, because over time, then you can say, bros, wake up, your sense of humor. You have to do something about it, brush it. My wife used to tell me that in the early days of our marriage, say, you, you, <laughs> you may even understand that. I don't know. Okay. But I've gotten a lot better. You know, over the time. You know now that I also crack jokes when I preach. I didn't used to be like that. I used to just preach. With straight face, just is the word of God, receive it, and God bless you. <laughs> but over the years I've greatly improved my sense of humor as I'm just saying that to encourage somebody so that you don't think your spouse is a bad person. Some of us are not just so wired to just be hilarious. But over time, we get better and better and better because that is a major part of life to be able to laugh and share fun. It's your spouse that you should be able to do that with. Praise God. Lift your two hands with me this morning. Father, we bless you for your grace. We bless you for your original intention for us and we declare your blessing over every home represented here this morning we ask let your light shine let your glory be revealed in every life let your name and your name only be glorified let this month not leave us the same let the love that we share grow stronger and stronger. We we'll bless you and we we'll praise. Can I request that everyone that is single should stand right now? Before I go into the bar, I love to pray for all of our single brothers and sisters. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Can I ask that you put your hands on your forehead as I pray? If you don't mind, if you don't mind, it's an impartation service in all of our services today. As we impart grace. Father, we thank you. Lord, we stand upon the promises of your word. The Bible says your word. The words are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Everyone and earth will pass away, but not the judge of your word will go without being fulfilled. And you promised us in your word. That none shall lack their mate. I stand upon the premise of that word this morning. That for everyone under the influence of this service. Who desires a mate. Who is trusting you for a mate. I come into an agreement of faith with them this morning. And I declare everlasting Father, let the heavens open over them. 
Let every evil covering be removed in the name of the Lord Jesus. I ask, shine your light over everyone. Say this prayer with me this morning. Let there be a turnaround in the name of the Lord Jesus. Where there has been delay in the actualization of marital destinies, I break the hold of delay this morning and I command in the name of Jesus that you do a quick walk in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you for everyone that is in a relationship presently, trusting you to make it to get into marriage. We ask everlasting Father, cause a release of wisdom and the spirit of understanding. Let marital destinies be fulfilled in style. Let your name and your name only be glorified. We thank you and we bless you. We give you glory and praise. Upon your sons and your daughters, we plead the blood of the everlasting covenant. The blood that Satan cannot withstand or resist. And we declare this morning a new beginning and a season of restoration for everyone. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Say it better. Amen. amen. God bless you. May have you. Say, let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord.